You are listening to Taste of Blonde. Hello, my sweet baby angels. Again, the guys listening are probably like, what the actual fuck? Um, This week, we sit down with Jess from The Boy Detox. Go check her out on Instagram. And we talk, Jess is a dating coach, so she gives us some real-ass advice. Not one of those, like, lame-ass dating coaches that are, like, giving you vanilla advice. She's very interesting. We talk casual sex etiquette, how to... Like, you know, like, try to have sex, but not be a fuckboy. Like, not be an actual piece of shit. Um, So, yeah, stay tuned. Jess is a great gal. You're going to love it this week. I'm having more guests for you. Again, it's kind of a long episode, so I'm not going to do the whole cute, chaotic stuff. But we're going to get into it very soon. I'm sure I'll have a lot to catch you up on when I do a solo episode. But, okay, yeah, I'm going to shut up now. And I hope you enjoy the episode this week. As always, slide into my DMs. Love you guys. Bye. Hello, friends. So this week we are here with Jess from The Boy Detox. Go check her out on Instagram. And we'll just start off by letting her introduce herself. So Jess, tell us about where you're from, how old you are, relationship status, zodiac sign, all that good stuff. I'm Jess Matthews, aka The Boy Detox. So at The Boy Detox on Instagram. I'm from Sydney in Australia. So all the way down under. I'm in my 30s. (laughs) I'm a relationship and dating coach and also a writer. I've been a writer for very, for many years. And I'm happily single and uh, Virgo, one of those very, very difficult, tricky Virgos. I love like the happily single like that's like the the hot girl summer vibe the energy that we need right now and yeah literally in Australia we are it's like 7 p.m here I have a drink it's 9 a.m for you like you're having your coffee mm-hmm. we're we're getting at it today so let's I'm let's tempted get to get a drink so let me tell you honestly <laughs> like just just go for it just get the drink <laughs> All right, so I just want to start off by asking you like a little bit more about like what is like being a relationship coach? So being a relationship coach is basically providing education and advice to anyone that's either dating and having difficulty with it or in a relationship and having difficulty with it or single and wanting to date more intentionally. Wow, you've honestly must have seen it all. Um, I've seen it all. You've seen it all. Um, So Mm -hmm. I guess like, because I feel like this could vary a lot, like based on the person. So like, in the advice that you give, like, how do you kind of describe your approach to dating or like how you advise other people to approach dating? I think the thing that I think the thing that I'm gifted with is that I'm fairly rational. And being a relationship and dating coach means that you can give an objective opinion. And when you're in relationships and when you're caught up in those emotions, you often uh, get really confused by those feelings of chemistry and by all the hot and heavy feelings. So it's good to have somebody that can have an outside perspective and guide you more rationally and tell you what's what's going on more rationally um, rather than just kind of getting lost in your own feelings. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like people like even like people who go to their friends and stuff it's hard to give like a truly like objective opinion um because you don't want to like hurt their feelings and like stuff like that so i feel like yeah for a lot of people like a dating coach is probably like very beneficial 
Um, yeah. And would you, okay, so you say your approach is like more rational, which is good because you need to think like with your head and not your heart, we know. Um, yeah. But would you say it's like more so like cynical or do you, are you like pretty like hopeful usually? Or like, how do you like kind of like your general like outlook? I'd say absolutely hopeful. I have had moments in my life where I've been cynical, but I always come back to this fact that I love men. Men are captivating. They're beautiful. They're intelligent. They're really frustrating at times, but I do love them. And I am a romantic and I do want people to be happy together and to experience pleasure from deep connections and great intimacy. Um, okay, this is maybe this is the energy we need because we hate men here. Um, no, you can't hate men. You can't. So you it's know what? Thing. Like maybe this is like the positive energy I need. Um, yeah, you always have to be hopeful. Um, and like, okay, honestly though, like sometimes I advise against being like too hopeful. And like, do you ever see this like? in clients that you have where they just like seem too hopeful about a situation that isn't like necessarily serving them yes definitely and there are a lot of people that will go on one or two dates and get so carried away with it they have rose colored glasses on and that's a, that's doing a disservice to you because you're not able to rationally understand what's going on you're not able to rationally assess like what values does this man have what effort has he made with me what's he doing right and what's he doing wrong because you're just so caught up with the idea like you've already decided that you like him so therefore you're letting everything else go you're letting his behavior um like you're letting him get away with things that you possibly shouldn't so you don't want to be too hopeful to the point where it's doing you a disservice yeah absolutely because like after a couple of dates it's like this man has done the bare minimum like he's shown up he's probably fronted the bill i hope and yeah. like make conversation with you for like an hour or two like what is what is there to necessarily like romanticize at that point in time yeah exactly and there is there's a physiological response that happens in our brains um the brain releases oxytocin when we feel close to people so that works against us because suddenly we start seeing men that have exhibited some small signs of attention or affection or admiration as kind of gallant knights when maybe they're not deserving of that. And it takes time to really understand if actions are going to match words and there's going to be consistency and that's what you want. Yeah, exactly. I feel like consistency is a huge thing. And just like getting to know the person more like it, those kind of things like take time. Like I was talking to someone, they were saying like, people need to start thinking of dating in some respects, like, in terms of time, because like you mm -hmm. go on a couple of dates, and it's like a connection is great, like you can hit it off. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be anything lasting per se. Yeah, exactly. And I have this thing called the three date approach. And basically what it means is like, I really want everyone to hold off on deciding that they like someone before the end of date three, because often we go on one or two great dates. And by the end of date two, we're like, Oh, my God, I really like him. And then that's the end. Once you decide in your head that you like someone, then so many different things happen, like you become obsessive. Um, and you start ignoring the fact that he might be on parole or not be nice to his mother or have no friends or have no job but you need to kind of delay that decision 
to give yourself the best chance of really understanding what's going on in front of you. I feel like I'm like too far on like the other end of the spectrum. It's like three or four months before I'm like deciding if I like someone, but I think that's a great approach. That's great though. I think it's almost like more important than like so people say like the three day rule for like sleeping with someone I think like it's even more crucial like three dates before you decide if you like them that's what's gonna like really hate you like you you sleep with them you can recover from that like you decide you like them like that's a that's a bigger hurdle exactly absolutely because that's letting your emotions get in and like your emotions start driving the connection essentially all right. Yeah, this is this is a good takeaway for everyone listening. The three you need to give it at least three dates before before you say you like him, before you start like name dropping him, like before the yes. three dates, like he gets a nickname. Like you don't refer to him by name. <laughs> He's just a phone number in your phone, basically. Yeah. You don't name the puppy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, so now I want to talk a little bit more about dating in your 20s versus your 30s and being single and all that good stuff. So if you want to start, like, maybe just, like, tell us, like, some differences you've noticed between dating in your 20s and 30s. Well, shout out to me in my 20s because I was just having the best time, living my best life. Um, I was working in bars. I was traveling a lot. And it was essentially you know, like whatever I saw that I thought was attractive, I would go after. I'd be like, oh, that guy's a nice back, got got a nice back. Yeah, I'll go there. You know what I mean? And I just really went with the flow and it was so fun. I don't regret it. Um, but I didn't learn until a lot later on that I needed to bring other things into the equation to help me assess whether someone was worth my time. So now in my 30s, I think I'm more, um, I'm going to say critical, um, and I'm more able to assess, I guess, whether a man has similar values to me. And I'm also better at letting people know my expectations and my boundaries. So I've become more communicative. In my 20s, you know, I was scared to say how I felt or tell people that something wasn't good enough. Whereas in my 30s, I'm, I will say this is not good enough for me. Like I expect more. Yeah, I think I love that you just like lived your best life in your 20s. I feel like a lot of people, if they don't have that, like just who they are as a person, like they would never feel like fully content in life. Like they just kind of need to like be single, like live it out on their own. And I think like a lot of your 20s is just kind of learning to set those boundaries, like learning what you do in relationships that's fucked up, like what makes you feel shitty, like, and yeah, yeah, and like kind of like assessing someone's character, like what like what you want to fuck with in a person. Exactly. I also, I also did a lot of things based on chemistry alone because I am, uh, I am emotional. I am a big feelings person. I'm a romantic. So if I got hooked on chemistry, then I just go with it. But now I know I'm now I'm better able to discern the difference between chemistry and compatibility. You know, I cannot understand what, when I'm getting swept away with chemistry and that, compatibility actually has such a big impact on a connection yeah I feel like um being in a place where I don't really like necessarily want to commit to anything right now I place like a lot of importance on chemistry and which Mm -hmm. is like nice and you have a lot of fun but then sometimes it gets to the point where like we're not necessarily like even compatible in a casual sense and this like isn't even fun but it's that initial like chemistry like ADHD like okay like this has my attention let's go like we're going to get a drink tonight 
Yeah, 100%. And it feels good. And you get addicted to that, like that feeling good. Oh, absolutely. Like last summer, I saw this one guy, we would fight every single fucking weekend. And then we would have like the best sex ever after. And Mm. it was like the most like dysfunctional, awful thing ever, but it was so fun. And I was living like purely off impulse. And now it's like, okay, like I started law school. I got to get my shit together. Like what the fuck? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think when you get older, you get, you learn to understand what your priorities are and, you know, how much energy you can put into those situations that are really fun, but maybe draining of your time and your emotions. Absolutely. And like, okay, we kind of touched on like some of this, but like what like dating advice would like you give your 20 something year old self or like what any like 20 year olds out there, like, I guess like maybe a piece of advice for someone like looking for a relationship or someone just like trying to figure their life out, but like kind of date and have fun at the same time. Oh my God. I couldn't stress this anymore. I, I just really want to say to myself, my 20 year old self, work out who the fuck you are and what you want because I had no idea and while it was fun um you know it really spun me in like a whole lot of different directions but the the faster you are able to work out who you are what you want and what you'll settle for then the better you are going to be at discerning what's good for you if that makes sense so work out who you are and what you want and then and, and nothing is really more important than that because you're putting yourself first I, I feel like I'm your 20 year old self, honestly, like I'm, (laughs) that's how it, that's how it's hitting right now. And I guess it's like kind of the thing, like you can only really know someone else like as well as you know yourself. And I've like, I felt that before. Cause like, I have friends who are like, Oh, like, what's this guy thinking like this, that. And I'm like, half the time, I don't even know how I feel about someone. Yeah, exactly. And like, I who cares how they feel. You're going to work out how you feel. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. And I think like, when you're like in a place where you haven't worked on yourself, like you can't even fully like assess your feelings towards someone else. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's some good advice. Okay, I guess everyone listening, like huge reality check here, like, figure yourself out. (laughs) What do you fucking want? Like, I'm going to be thinking about this tonight. Um, and then, yeah, like, what's your best advice for like thriving, being single? Like, what would you say to someone who's kind of like if you had a client who's like unhappy single and they're like looking maybe too hard for a relationship kind of thing. Yeah. I would almost say put yourself on a boy detox, which is where that's the genesis (laughs) of the boy detox basically. But I'd say, you know, just learn to enjoy being yourself, identify, identify the unique qualities that make you you and also just find things in your life that you're really passionate about and pursue them with, reckless abandon it might be traveling it might be soccer it might be podcasting but just do whatever makes you feel alive and feel great and once you focus your attention on those things then everything else that doesn't matter will fall away and eventually the things that are meant to come to you will come to you yeah I feel like that's like super important because like how is someone else supposed to want to date you like if you don't have like these sort of like interests or qualities and haven't like invested in yourself per se um yeah exactly yeah so you kind of it's like also people don't want something where they're like they want it too badly like they're trying too hard they don't have like other interests yeah and, and it's, it's essentially making sure that you are a high value human because you have 
independence and you have your own passions and you have your own career or you have your own um, goals with studying. And that's going to make you so much more valuable and irresistible to other people anyway. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like you can't, you can't assess your value, like based on someone else in your life. And yeah, until you kind of do that, you're not, I always like kind of say like, if you like focus on yourself, like you become a more interesting person, like you also have more to like bring on to dates. Yeah, I actually say this and it really upsets me. I actually say this a lot from women in 20s, in their 20s and their 30s. And they honestly, they don't know who they are and they don't know what makes them great about what makes them uniquely great or fascinating or captivating. Um, And they kind of expect men to fill the gaps instead of going inward and working out why they're fantastic so it starts it always starts with you that sucks so fucking much that would make me so sad too and I feel like yeah that's I've like kind of talked about that in terms of like rejection and stuff because if you know like your good qualities like you kind of just look at someone else not appreciating them as like oh I'm just not a good match but if you're looking for to someone else to validate you, then you're like, oh, well, they don't want to date me. What's wrong with me? Yeah, exactly. And there's there's also that kind of chameleon effect where women will bounce from one relationship to another, but the relationship becomes their identity. But they have nothing have nothing binding them and their character to start with. So they're kind of like an amoeba of sorts. So then they just go into the next relationship and act like their next boyfriend and that's their identity. And that's so sad. Oh, absolutely. Like I always think like sometimes like, oh, I could have like had five boyfriends in like the past year, like probably probably more, I don't know. Um, And it's like, (laughs) but why? Like, I and I kind of think like, sometimes like, oh yeah, like this guy wants to date me, but it's like, why? Like what, it's like, I'm great, but I don't understand why you would think I'm great. Like we have nothing in common, like. Yeah. And yeah, I think like, that's also them probably not like working on themselves either but yeah you kind of have to like really assess like before getting into a relationship like is this something like I really want yeah and work out are you just going on somebody else's ride because you don't just want to get on somebody else's roller coaster and go along with their life you know you're on your own ride they're on their own ride and like if you're meant to be together and if it's going to be harmonious then you will connect somewhere and enjoy yourselves together but you shouldn't just get on somebody else's ride oh my god i've never heard of this phrase but like yeah don't get on someone else's ride like support him at his worst and he will cheat on you at his best like you need to have your own life like don't hop on anyone else's ride like stay the fuck away like your your own life is your own roller coaster basically yeah okay people better be writing this shit down at this point honestly (laughs) Okay, so you are now our relationship coach. You are giving us all the advice we need. Um, so let's talk like, explain like, so why do men like competition? Like I, this theory that you have, like, let's like dissect this a little bit. Well, I think men inherently, it's, it's kind of deep seated in biology that they like competition. Um, but what I mean, I've written an article called Men Like Competition and a Stake. And by that, I mean men like things of value. And 
if you're giving yourself to them too easily or if you are morphing into somebody that you're not to please them, then sure, they might be impressed by the easiness of it to start with, but they're going to get tired of it really soon and they're not going to consider you to be a woman or a man of high value. Yeah, I always say, like, you have to make them suffer for it. Like, <laughs> they have to, like, whatever your definition of suffering is, like, it's, like, yeah. whatever you, like, need to feel good, like, they have to, like, put in the fucking work. They need to put in effort and they need to understand that you are a human of high value and you have standards and expectations that they need to meet. What do you think, like, are some ways that, like, women can kind of come off high value? Well, definitely having your own life, definitely yeah. having your own Guys, life and your own passions and, and your own priorities. So things like, you know, not bending over just because, you know, let's say it's like, let's say it's a Wednesday and a guy has said to you, do you want to catch up tomorrow night? And you actually have plans with your girlfriends. Being someone of high value, you're not going to say, yeah, cool, let's do that and, and cancel on your friends. You're going to say, I'd love to see you, but I'm not free tomorrow night. I have plans with my girlfriends. I am free on Sunday night. And that's not manipulation. It's not playing games. It's just telling him that you have priorities. They mean a lot to you and you'd like to see him, but it needs to be at, a, at another time that suits you. Oh, absolutely. And I would like like never cancel on your friends for a boy like that is like number one fucking rule and i feel like if yeah. you like do those sort of things then it's like next time he goes to make plans he'll like he'll try harder to like schedule you in like he'll ask you further in advance like he'll start moving shit around but if you're like oh yeah no problem like let me cancel this like i'll figure it out like i'll see you on five minutes notice then he's just gonna do that yeah. every time Essentially, men will, will get will get away with like well, they'll try to get away with whatever they can and whatever you let them get away with. Yeah, no, it's so if you let absolutely. them get away with it, they'll keep doing it. Um. Okay, I want to go more into this like masculine, feminine energy thing. Like, I don't know if anyone listening's probably like heard this on social media. Like, in a lot of ways, like there's like merits of the theory, but it's also very annoying. Like these accounts being like oh, like you need to be in your feminine energy, like for him to want you. And I'm like reading this at one in the morning as I'm like studying contract law, like, <laughs> like okay, I'm never going to find out. What am I doing shit. wrong? Yeah. So like, maybe like tell us your take on this masculine feminine energy and like how we can kind of implement this in dating without like all the annoying, like Instagram, like, I don't know. <laughs> It is difficult to, to, to dissect because essentially every human has an element of feminine and masculine energy, men and like including men and women. And we naturally exhibit or show signs of that masculine or feminine energy at different times in our life. So the problem that I'm seeing more and more is with women who are really independent and quite dominant or alpha in their lives because they're girl bosses and this is like with a lot of my clients and with my friends and so the problem like the problem with this is that men are super attractive to that independence and um that ability to prioritize their own lives yet they sometimes read that as okay she's she has this masculine energy, she's independent, so she doesn't quote unquote need me and therefore he will treat her 
as less feminine, if that makes sense. So it is the ability to be adaptable around your life and men. You need to be able to show that, yeah, cool, I'm independent, I have my own priorities, I'm going to put those first. Yet when I'm with you, it is lovely to feel like a woman. And that can just, you can just do that by by reiterating things like, you know, just saying, yeah, that makes me feel really nice when you do that. Or, um, you know, thank you for thank you for picking me up. That's really sweet of you. Thank you for opening the door. Like, so those things show that you appreciate those more feminine, quote unquote, feminine gestures. Yeah, I feel like it's like men want to be needed, but they don't want to be needed too much. They want to be needed yeah. like enough like to validate, oh, wow, you're so strong. You did this. Oh, so nice. But you don't, they don't want you to be sitting there crying, like, please text me back. I need you. No, that's not feminine energy. I mean, it just is, is saying expressing thanks and gratitude for things that men do to display their masculine energy. So if they pay for dinner, then, you know, thank, like, you know, say thank you. That was really nice of you. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of those small things. Yeah. Or even like, or even letting him help you, ask him to help with something. That's kind of showing more feminine energy. That's, I'm, that's the one thing I feel like I have a lot of masculine energy, but the one thing I'm good at is like asking to help with things because my love language is very like acts of service. So I'm like, I do give off a lot of masculine energy, but then I'm like, hey, like I need, I need you to do this. <laughs> so then I guess I tap yeah. into the feminine energy a bit. I'm really bad at that. That's something that I could learn to do better, asking for help. But yeah, that that's kind of an easy one. That's what I, yeah, that's what I mean by like making them suffer for it. I'm like, oh my God, like yeah. you have to do this and this and this. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I mean, I had a guy offer to pick me up from the airport the other day and my you know, my first reaction was like, no, like I can do it myself kind of thing. But in the end, I was like, actually, no, that would be really nice of you. Oh, I would eat that shit up. Like I wouldn't like, <laughs> you want to take me to an expensive restaurant, like drop $500 on dinner. Eh, okay. But I'm like, you want to pick me up from the airport? Oh my God. Okay. Like I'm in love. Like, it's like, I, everyone has like their own things, but those, it's like those little things that like inconvenience them. Like, it's like, oh, I don't want yeah. you to like call me an Uber. Like, I want you to like drive me. Like you got to put the fucking labor in. Yeah, exactly. Show the effort. So, and that, that's them. That's them being showing their masculine energy. And they enjoy that too. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I maybe I do have like a hint of this feminine energy in there somewhere. Yeah, so you've got you've got to allow them to lean into their masculine energy so that you can receive this feminine energy or you can you can act in your feminine energy if that makes sense. So it's all kind of like a like pull push effect yeah there's a there's a lot of shit going on this like i'm, yeah, I'm really still is. ironing out the theory um so i guess like in the sense of like so instead of like reading in like you know those girls like they're sitting there they're deciphering like oh does he like me like what does this mean what does that mean what are like so i guess like people are also very aware of like when someone likes you they'll probably know but if you had mm -hmm. to say like what are like some green flags like he's into you or even like green flags like this is like a healthy connection you should pursue kind of thing as a as a dating coach um i'll say consistency making effort consistency consistently sorry um is a green flag and also communicating openly and with authenticity um but 
like little things that go a long way uh that he'll pay attention and he'll, re he'll remember things like you might remember that you've got an exam tomorrow and he'll text you and say good luck with your exam like that's big because you know we we let guys off a lot on saying like eh, the guy doesn't remember shit but if he's into you he'll remember and he'll make the effort to just show you oh yeah absolutely like i don't i feel like i don't like normally end up in situations where I care too much. But if I had an exam and he didn't fucking text me, I'd be like, are, like, are you kidding? Like, didn't you know I had an exam today? <laughs> like they yeah, should, exactly. yeah, like those are little things where it's like, if someone likes you, like they should like put in the effort to do those things. Yeah, and he'll want to see you and he'll, he'll try and make time to see you, you know? Um, and then I guess like the reverse of this is like, what do you like consider red flags and maybe also like, when does like a red flag kind of become a deal breaker? As soon as it makes you uncomfortable, I think, but I'm going to say like one of the biggest red flags for me is inconsistent behavior of words, because I think, you know, we can all use words to say whatever we want and to lead people astray, but Behavior is different. Behavior shows intent. However, the tricky thing is that you need to be able to match up the behavior and the words. So the words and the behavior need to be consistent with each other and they need to be telling you the same story. That's interesting because I like, I don't believe a thing like men say, first of all. Um, and I always yeah. say like their actions have to like match up. And then, but I've also seen the reverse where their actions are very same. like, oh, I'll do this stuff for you. Like I'm, but then their words are just like, there's no words. It's just all same. their actions. So it's like, yeah, the t I think in order for like a good connection, the two have to definitely match. Yeah, exactly. And I think where that can get tricky is Sometimes, um, you know, a guy will behave as if he really likes you and he might like you in some way. Like he might be, he might like act like a boyfriend, but he'll say to you, I don't want a relationship. And it's really important for you to listen to those words. Yeah. And, oh, absolutely. And, and, and listen to what he's telling you because he's telling you, I don't want a relationship, yet he's acting like a boyfriend or you're having sex still. But in, in that case, you know, that's where important, that's where it's really important that words and behavior match. Oh, yeah. It's like some of these girls are like shocked that this guy doesn't want to date him, but or date them. But he's literally said, I don't want a relationship. It's like, why didn't you believe them when they said yeah, that? Exactly. Yeah, no, for exactly. sure. And it's like, like, there's a lot of things like that play into that, like maybe they're like, quote unquote, not in a great place, or like, they just don't like you enough or like, but it's like, whatever, like that is like, you need to take them for face value. And if you know, like, you're not the kind of person that could handle like something casual, and you really like this person, then it's like, it's just not a situation for you to be in. Yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, if you if you admitted to yourself that you really like someone, and you've had a discussion whereby it's only going down the road of casual, then you're certainly doing yourself a disservice by staying in and trying to pretend that you're okay with it. What's your What's your take on like the situationship? Like you kind of like hang out, you kind of like your boyfriend girlfriend, but like you don't really like want to commit to anything. Uh, the situationships worked in my worked <laughs> worked in my favor in the past, um, but I think it all all comes down to transparency and communication. Like as long as you are being honest with each other and saying this is not going to be a relationship and checking in and asking if it's okay and also checking in with yourself and 
checking that you're okay with it, then it can work. But it's about that being transparent with the other person and being honest with yourself. Yeah, I I love a good situation ship personally, because it's like, I mm. think like people want to feel connection, but sometimes they don't want to like necessarily commit to anything at that point in time. But like, I think it can also like kind of blow up in flames. Of course it can, of course, because it's really difficult if you're in a situation ship and you're behaving like you're in a, it's essentially behaving like you're in a relationship with the sex. Like it's really difficult to stop that chemical reaction and not develop feelings for this person oh so that's why you have to be consistently checking in with yourself about it and consistently it has to be someone of a certain level of maturity where you can sit down and you know check is this okay are we still you know where where are we at with this where are you at you know or maybe i'm not it's not quite working for me or whatever yeah and i feel like it also needs to be like two people of a certain level of avoidance because i feel like the worst kind of situationships are where there's like say this guy who's like quite Mm. avoidant and there's this girl who's just like absolutely infatuated with him like thinking hopefully one day yeah like if we if we keep sleeping together like hopefully one day like he'll want to be with me and i think that's like the saddest situation i feel because like the girl like doesn't really necessarily like move on with her life but yeah no it can it can be tough like because when you're seeing someone for that long like i've like been in situationships where it's like i would maybe even venture to say i love this person but i wouldn't fucking date them yep yes i'm and it's (laughs) right like it's very it's a very strange like situation to be in it's like you get drunk you drop and i love you but it's like i don't i don't want to date you yeah a hundred percent but if you're okay with that and if they're okay with that then then that's cool but you have to pull yourself out as soon as you as soon as you see it going awry oh yeah absolutely like you have to well i guess that's hard because then people start to tell themselves oh like you know it's okay like i can keep going like this but yeah i I always like to kind of say the second you're not having fun is when you got to bail yeah a hundred percent and also i think one thing I would add is like what these like situationships you need to like keep seeing other people because you're you're single yeah exactly you can't put too much stock in that situationship because yeah essentially you are still a free agent <laughs> and so are they and yeah. you have to expect they're doing the same thing absolutely okay so going off situationships and like how they can like feel good for us i want to go into so like i've creeped all your articles obviously and this idea of casual sex etiquette how like give us give us an overview so casual sex etiquette is probably one of my most highly read articles and one of my favorites and it stemmed from me just being really frustrated with the whole casual sex type scenario because i don't believe that just because we're having casual sex and it's not going to turn into a relationship. You know, maybe you've you've come to that decision together. I don't believe that you can't show each other courtesy and respect, basically. Oh, absolutely. Like I go on dating apps sometimes and it's like, they're like, oh, come over, like before you've even like exchanged anything. And it, I'll be like, what the fuck? Like, and they're like, oh, well, like, th- what do you expect? Like, I don't want a relationship. Like this is Tinder, this is casual. And it's like, I don't want a relationship right now either, but I don't want to be treated like this. Like there's a middle ground. Yeah, we don't have to, just because it's casual sex doesn't mean it needs to be transactional. You're not a robot. You do have 
you know, feelings and expectations and yeah. values. And if it was transactional, it's like, what's this man giving you? Like Exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, it's um, like you got to so, put in a little bit. Yeah, so casual sex etiquette really just says, it says, you know, like, just because you're sleeping with somebody casually doesn't mean that you can't be courteous and kind. doesn't mean that you can't turn up to their, their house with a bottle of wine or, you know, a dessert before you inevitably slink off to the, to the bedroom. doesn't mean that you can't have pillow talk. Like, pillow talk doesn't mean that you're going to get married. Um, and it doesn't mean that you can't make a time three days ahead to, to have casual sex. And it doesn't mean that, you know, it's okay if you say I'll be there at nine o'clock that you turn up at 2 a.m. just because it's casual sex. Like I just, I think that you still need to apply standards of behavior to casual sex. Oh, absolutely. And I always kind of think like if I wouldn't, like text you and have a conversation with you like every couple of days or whatever, then I don't, I probably don't like you enough to even sleep with you. And like, yeah. And also like some of these guys, like, it's like in a situation where it's going to be casual sex, I don't expect like any like dramatic dates. It's not what I want, like personally, Mm. but some of these guys, it's like, if you can't like go out for a drink or like this or that, like, why do you think like I should sleep with you? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we have to remember as well that women are mentally stimulated. So foreplay begins a long time before you get into the bedroom. So going out for a drink or a little bit of food beforehand can do wonders in terms of how things go um, intimately too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I feel like kind of like how the sex usually gets better as time goes on, like the more you kind of, and it sucks because then like I guess like some level of feelings start to develop, but like the longer you kind of get to know someone or sleep with someone, you have more sexual chemistry. Like the person who's coming over at 2 a.m., like it's you're getting it done and over with. Yeah, exactly. And, and it gets boring, you know, so it is nice to develop some sort of connection, even if it's not a relationship. It's not a relationship, guys, but just to develop some kind of connection so that the intimacy is great. Um, and I think men are kind of programmed to think that if they're making effort or if they're making these small gestures, then women are going to get carried away and think, oh, fuck, let's get married. I was just but, thinking that, yeah. Like, get over yourselves. We don't want to marry you all. Like, we're not going to fall in love with everyone that we had sex with. And men really need to understand that. Yeah, I would tell men, like, read the fucking room. Like, if she's, like, trying to get married and, like, settle down in the suburbs, like, maybe maybe don't, like, bring her out. But, like, if you're, like, you got to kind of, like, assess the situation. And, yeah, I always kind of yeah. think, like, even, like, guys who are willing or kind of trying to put in, like, low effort, it's, like, you know, I don't mind necessarily, like, coming over for a drink, like, if we get to that point. Like, it's, like, you have to do, yeah. like, these little things first. And, yeah, they're like so entitled almost. I I say that a lot too, where I'm like, what? Like, who wants to date you? Like, who brought this up? Yeah. And- yeah, exactly. Did did I say that? What What's giving you the impression that I want to be in a relationship with you? Like, why are you making that assumption? I call this theory. <laughs> I call this theory the reverse. What are we? So, in like, instead of a girl yeah. asking like, what are we? It's like a guy, you have to hit a guy with, what do you think this is? Like, this is casual. Like, we're just having fun. Like, who mentioned wanting to date you? Yeah, exactly. And it's sort of, yeah, it's just really, it's kind of rude and presumptuous that they think that you are going to want something else. Like, you're not God's gift. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, okay, so how do you think like you can avoid like in a situation like this kind of situationship, casual sex, all that good stuff? How do you think like you could kind of avoid like catching feelings in this situation? Well, <laughs> we have to we have to be able to do rationality a seat at the table here, which is difficult because obviously sex means oxytocin release, especially if you have some sort of connection, and especially if the sex is good and you're orgasming. Um, but you know, you need to be able to sit down the next day and evaluate, like, do I actually like this guy or is this just a connection that's like, this is just a feeling that's happening as a result of chemistry. And, you know, you need to be able to kind of, even on, maybe even on paper, write down some things that you like about the guy and write down some things that you don't. And it's more important for you to understand how you feel about him and not how he feels about you. And that's kind of where I think we get mixed up because we get so obsessed with like, oh, does he like me? Does he like me? But we have to be able to sit down and be like, do I like this guy? Yeah, no, I, absolutely. That's, I think a lot of people like end up in that situation where like they feel this sort of like chemistry, but they don't like really know anything about them. Like they're not, and there's nothing to like really base it off of. Do you think like- Yeah, and chemistry is so responsible for leading us astray. Yeah, absolutely. Like, do you think like, okay, so your like your approach to dating, like, if someone were to come to you and say like, that they've been seeing this guy, say it's been three months, they go on dates, it's like a classic textbook situation ship, they're going on dates, like they're hooking up, whatever they text, they talk. Do you think like, it would be okay for the girl to like, approach them with like, a hey, what is this kind of thing? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Because, because basically, your time is really important and your energy is really important and you don't want to spend time or energy on somebody that's not going to give the same back to you and if it is just that he wants casual sex but you want more then it's better to know that because clarity is everything and then you can make the decision if he says he doesn't want anything more and you and you say okay cool i'm happy to have casual sex and at least you know where you stand or at least you know where it's going but you want that you want that knowledge because that knowledge gives you so much power. This is like a good perspective because like I do I do agree and I especially agree with like your time's valuable uh, stuff like that. And but I like I guess like the opinion I've like expressed on this is a lot of the time I will be like like if a guy doesn't like pursue me like I will write it off like I would not be the one to like initiate that conversation. Like I would be like if you're not bringing it up it's not happening. But yeah. And yeah, I mean, I do have kind of a controversial opinion about that where it's like you never really have to ask a guy where something's going because if he's going to do something, then he will. However, if you are feeling uncomfortable with a situation that is more casual and you want to know and you don't have the time or the energy to fuck with them anymore, then you just ask them and you get it out of the way. But you need to understand that you might get an answer you don't want. Okay, that's, that's a good thing to add, because that's like what I like left out of my theory. And yeah, I think like, if you're at a point like where you, you're not okay with it casual, like you can't do it. And you for the sake of, like, I would probably just walk away. But like, if you really got to know, like, you can hit them with the what's going on here. And yeah, because yeah. at the end of the day, your time is absolutely the most valuable. Yeah, but they definitely be prepared for, I'd always say, you know, if you're asking any guy, like, what is this or where is, where, where is this going or do you want something more you're probably going to get a no and you need to be prepared for that <laughs> yeah no absolutely like 
I yeah because I also like do you think like there's a situation like like when girls are like always too scared like what what's your take on that yeah I, th I think it's it's warranted because it is it's scary to be vulnerable because you essentially have to admit I like you this is why I'm asking the question how do you feel about me and that leaves you open and you're vulnerable but the thing is like what comes from vulnerability is power because you get the answer and you're able to move on yeah no so. absolutely and I also like heard something like if they're even if they're too scared then that means they don't like you enough to like kind of overcome this like fear that they have and I think like if someone likes you like they're they're gonna express that like they're gonna want to fuck with you like it'll be very obvious but really if they're too scared then like who wants to fuck with that anyway? Grow up. You yeah, know? no, exactly. Like, okay, this like little bitch boy, like, yeah. like a grown ass Grow man. Up. Like you're waiting for him to learn how to communicate his feelings. Like he can't even yeah, like- going to learn that. It could be three days, could be three months, could be three years. And that's a lot of your time. Yeah, like it's like, he can't even say he likes you. Like, why would you want to date him? And yeah, it's like, like, gotta stop fighting these men with mommy issues. Like, you're not trying to, like, raise a man, like, in his 20s. No, no, you are not. <laughs> we don't have time for that. <laughs> okay, so as I've already admitted, I have creeped all your articles. And I want, like, so never been good at math, but I want to go more into this. <laughs> yeah right but this is like this is math we can do this is dating math we can figure this out i've actually said to guys before like i'm familiar with the dating equation but explain explain the dating equation to us minimal effort required for me to reach maximum return and the ultimate goal of having sex with a woman okay literally direct quote from your article go into this for us okay so i think that men are always going to assess what the minimal effort they need to put in with a woman is to get the maximum return on interest which is sex and it's going to be different for every woman because every woman has a different level of value depending on how she carries herself um so you know some guys will think okay the minimal effort minimal effort that i need to put in is take her to dinner once or it might be I need to send her a message every two days. It, it depends on the guy and it depends on the woman. But I think, like I said before, men will try and get away with whatever they can get away with and whatever you allow them to get away with. That's, yeah, they're doing, it's essentially defining the bare minimum in different ways. Exactly. Like what, exactly is, right. what is the bare minimum for girl A compared to girl B? Exactly. That's exactly right. And some women will demand more and some women will let guys get away with less. Yeah. And I always say kind of like how much you demand like from someone should just depend on like what makes you feel good. Yeah. And like exactly. kind of like like we said earlier, like a guys like bringing me to a nice dinner. I'm like, eh. but then I'm like, oh, they want to like do something like drive me to the airport. Like, I'm like, okay, like that's, I like effort, like in those kind of ways, but then like another girl might like effort in different kind of ways. And I think how you assess, like, I think what I'm getting at here is everyone's dating equation is like personalized to like what makes them happy. Yeah. And let's like, let's flip it. For example, like say I met a really hot guy at the gym and I, I thought he was like sexy as fuck, but didn't have a brain. And 
I just wanted to sleep with him. So the minimal effort that I require from him is maybe three text messages and he comes over with a bottle of wine and we have sex and that's it, you know, but it might be completely different with a different guy that I have some deeper level of interest in. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's true. It can definitely like depend on the person. It depends on like the situation and like what is making you happy in that situation. Yeah, um, and what you want from it too. So I guess this like kind of goes into like boundary setting. Like if, if someone's like not calculating the equation right, like is that like time for someone to peace on the situation? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, if you feel like somebody's not putting in enough effort for you, then especially at the start, it means that they're never going to put in the right amount of effort for you because, you know, connection should start at a high point rather than a low point. Yeah. And you're not going to spend your life training them or arguing to, to get that delivered to you. Do you ever like advise clients, like have that conversation, like say this isn't enough effort for me or I guess like it's very situational, but are you more of like a communicate it or just like walk away kind of person? You know, I've changed um, as I've gotten older. I used to not really communicate it and just get pissed off or walk away. But now I will actually say this is, yeah, this is not enough effort for me. I kind of, I you know, I expect more. Yeah, there's like, I always do kind of say like you, people can't meet uncommunicated expectations. Like if there's like little things like, oh, you want them to like Uber you, whatever I say, like tell them that, like they can't read your mind. Yeah, I think it's really important to, I, that's a really good point. Like men can't read minds, minds, neither can women. So if somebody disappoints you or if somebody doesn't put in enough effort, then let them know and their response will tell you everything. If they say like, yeah, like whatever shut up then you know to bounce but if they're apologetic and they make up for it with their actions then you know it's worth a second chance yeah yeah because a lot of times like i feel like it's not even necessarily realized um i feel like then also on the reverse of this is sometimes like people need to check themselves and say like is this like an unrealistic expectation for say someone i've been on two dates with like or yeah and kind of think like, oh, well, if they're not texting me every day, instead of asking for that, say, well, what does this say about the connection that we have? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, sometimes we do need to check our expectations, especially in terms of text messages, um, because I think we get carried away with text messages and how frequent they should be. Um, but yeah, it's, it's important to keep your efforts in check. I mean, sorry, your expectations in check as well. Um, and then I guess like flowing from the consequences of this equation, you also say we shouldn't equate effort to admiration. Explain this like a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So this, it's tricky because men have, men are not dumb anymore. Really? <laughs> um, they've learned, <laughs> men have learned that they need to put effort in to get sex. So to get that return on investment, um, which is sex, they <laughs> need to, they need to do something for it. And I was just having this conversation with one of my really close guy mates the other day. And he was saying, he, he was just saying, he's reiterating that it is tricky with men because they'll often do the same things that they would with women that they really like and with women that they just want to have sex with. So yeah, that, that can be tricky, tricky to discern, but admiration comes after 
the point of a man deciding that he values you, values you. So he, he sees you as an asset and you're valuable and that you can add something to his life and that makes you indisposable and the effort then will come more naturally. It's not just like he's putting in effort to get something out. Yeah, I feel like the effort should really come naturally. Like it's no one ever really wants to be in a situation where you're asking for it and I don't know that it's like not it's not admiration it's just like this is like this is the equation like calculate it if you want yeah so exactly it needs to be like more genuine I guess exactly that's exactly right um so yeah we already kind of went over like if a girl wants a guy to put in more effort like would you say like they should cut off their access to sex so this is difficult because you know sometimes having a set amount of time that you need to that you like that you want to wait to have sex can commodify sex um and some guys will just last the distance but you know they'll do they'll go on five dates before they get the sex but then they still might leave but i think the value of putting time in before you have sex is that you give the guy the opportunity to really understand who you are and really appreciate you for who you are and all your you know all your attributes and all your and and your character before having sex and then that's more likely to kind of make him form this like admiration for you and make make him value you yeah like you get to see like because if you wait a bit and he's still like fucking with you even though you're not having sex with him like when you first start seeing someone then you know like there must be something there like whether like you just want something casual or not like there's a vibe beyond the sex Mm, exactly and they'll like actually like like you as a person to a certain extent i always kind of say like have sex with someone like when you like feel good about it and factor in like yeah factor in like less like what they would think um but i do feel like yeah that obviously like does like add value to a sense and it also like i feel like i tend to do it like based purely on like what you were saying earlier like this connection like this kind of explosive like okay we're if we like hit it off like sure i'll have sex with you right now and then it's kind of like the people i'm unsure about i'm like yeah we'll see yeah i mean i've never been someone to say to people you know you need to wait and you can't have sex on the first date like you know i've done that plenty of times in my life um and all with varying outcomes <laughs> so yeah i don't i don't necessarily think that there's a hard or fast rule around you know when you should sleep with somebody but if you want to give him the chance to get to know you on a deeper level and to maybe form a deeper connection then it's just that time that will be on your side yeah no for sure i definitely 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 get that okay so before we end off i'm just gonna no like coherent order to this just hit you with some random questions and let's start with what are your best dating app tips dating app tips actually dating app tips say something captivating so don't just say like hi how are you Make sure you use the photos or the quotes that they have on their profile and bounce off that so that you are actually starting the conversation from a high point. Oh, best tip. I've said that before too, because it's like you need to like 
catch their interest. And it's like you, you can have the same like vanilla conversation with 10 people on this app. But it's like, if you go off their profile, like something in their bio, then it's like, you're gonna strike something more interesting. Yeah, exactly. And you have to be interesting as well. Like, it's not just, you can't just expect a man to like, be doing all like you can't just expect a man to be captivating you know you have to bring yourself to the table as well yeah like it's kind of like if you're gonna like I've honestly come to the point on apps where if I'm gonna give like a dry response or like whatever I just won't go on yeah exactly because you're not really that into it yeah like it's like if you're like kind of fed up you're like over it you don't want to have these like generic conversations just don't go on it and then if you're in a place where you're like wanting to make some sort of a connection go on dates then fuck with it then put more effort into your not even effort but just like say something like more interesting yeah exactly and i would say always you know um approach that approach dating apps from a place of intentionality you know and if you're really ready to put the work into being on dating apps then do it but if you are not and you can't really be bothered then just don't yeah yeah you kind of have to know like what you're what you're there for like even if you're like kind of looking for something like more casual like you still want to establish that connection it's like okay like like business meetings swipe like filter out what you don't want and then like put that effort into sort of kind of building that like initial vibe, I guess I want to say like, or banter or like something, cause you're not going to want to drag your ass to a date with like just anyone, you know? Exactly. Exactly. For sure. Okay. So next dating trends that you're like, you've been seeing that interest you. I actually think that um, in the coming years, we're going to see a lot more from, I mean, we've already seen the situationship and that's really like prominent at the moment Yeah. and a lack of, a lack of labeling things, lots of, um, gray space. There's not a lot of black and white anymore in dating. Um, but I think that things like open relationships and polygamy are going to come into the forefront of dating because I think people are beginning to question um how much traditional relationships really work for them yeah and i also feel like with people getting married later that brings like a lot more of like that kind of gray space that you're talking about where people don't necessarily want to commit to anything because people don't get married at like 23 24 25 anymore they're waiting a lot later yeah and i think we're starting to question if we can expect one person to give us everything that we want in a relationship and maybe that's not fair um so what does that look like does that look like an open relationship does that look like you know like having a hall pass every now and then to explore you know aspects of your sexuality does it mean having threesomes um but i think that we're going to see a lot more of that coming into the dating landscape in the next kind of three to five years yeah, and I feel like it's interesting because I feel like this is kind of stuff like problems that have like always existed per se, but like we're not really brought up into the conversation as much. Definitely. Yeah, like and also, also, <laughs> randomly, foot fetishes are something that are coming that's coming around a lot now. <laughs> are you seeing this? Is this an Australia thing? <laughs> I don't know, but men seem to be very into feet. Maybe men are just like finally feeling comfortable enough with their sexuality that they can just like they're they're open with this. Yeah, maybe fantastic, but it's just like recently I've seen so much of it on social media and stuff, just foot fetishes. What what is the dating landscape like in Australia? 
Oh, it's a jungle. Is it really? Yeah, jungle. Yeah. Um, it is a jungle. And I think men in Australia, you know, we have like Australians are, we have such a laid back kind of attitude and approach to so many things in life. So I feel like Australian men are more, you know, more averse to making effort. And they're also, they don't approach you so easily. So they just kind of like will look at you and not do anything. And that's really frustrating. They're kind of like, oh, whatever happens, happens. Like, exactly. It's like, put exactly. some passion into it, babe. Like, come on. Yeah. And it's almost like men are kind of a hot commodity in Australia. And they, yeah, it's, it's like the, it's almost like the gender roles are flipped and men are wanted and women are hunting men. So oh. that means that they can kind of behave in like this elitist way, which is not great. Do you feel like you see that kind of like play out like with women and like how they approach dating and stuff? Like they feel like it's like scare, like a scarcity mindset almost. Yes, it's a scarcity mindset for sure. Oh um, and this like elitist kind of attitude that some men have um, scares women, and it does put us into this scarcity mindset because you know, like it's it, you feel like you're less likely to get traction with men or men that are, men that make effort so you do get scared that you know you're never going to make a connection or you're never going to get a second date or you're never going to get a first date you know oh my god like so being in your 30s like do you feel like there's kind of like this pressure to like settle down or like do you feel that personally or do you feel like the laid-back kind of vibe of like the dating landscape a let kind of lets you like just be more chill about it or like how do like how do you feel about that personally I don't feel pressure to get into a relationship, but that's me. I know that a lot of friends and clients do, um, but I do notice that it's harder in my 30s to just, like, go out and have sex. But, but that comes from my own kind of standards and expectations, which I've raised um, as, I've, as I've grown um, as, or as I've developed, you know. Like, I just won't sleep with anybody. I'm sure I'm, I'm guessing I could probably go out and have sex. Um, but you know, because I have these sort of standards and expectations, um, it's kind of a little bit more far and few in between. Yeah, no, that it's definitely good that you don't feel like that pressure to be in a relationship. Like, like you said earlier, like you are like happily single. And I think like, that's so important, like no matter what age you're at. And I feel like a lot of I just know, like a lot of women, like not even just in their 30s, but like, in their 20s as well and a lot of it comes down to personality as well. And like, if you're more of a relationship person, but I do feel like, that kind of pressure to like, oh, I need to find a boyfriend, like never serves people well because they don't find like the right person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, I get, I'm like, I'm like that as well, where it's like, even if I want something casual, like I do need to feel like a certain level of like connection, which is why this like casual sex etiquette, like it resonates. I'm like, okay, yes. Um, and I, I guess that would be like harder to find. And then like, also like in your thirties, these men are probably like trying to date you when, if they're putting in that kind of effort and you're like, uh. yeah. And also, I mean, like a lot more men are in relationships by the time we're in our thirties. So there's just fewer men that, to play with. <laughs> you'd have to like go younger, I guess. I go younger, I go interstate or international, basically. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta outsource, like. I just cast the net, I call it casting the net wider. Yeah, yeah, well, when times get tough, like, you have to. Yeah, that's right. 
um so how how soon do you think like someone like what's too soon for like two people kind of dating to like define something as a relationship obviously like this is like context dependent but like what do you, what do you think is yeah. like, a good time frame it's context dependent but i honestly think that you want to take it as slow as you as you can so like even three months is good i think because you've had a chance to like because three months is really the honeymoon period so you've you've really got a chance to understand who this person is what their values are and how they're going to behave in different in different scenarios within their life you know you you're going to see them stressed you're going to see them sick you're going to see them angry um you're going to see them upset so you know you have a vast range of experiences and emotions to kind of understand to get an idea of their true character oh absolutely i don't i saw i feel like sometimes like i take a bit longer but i would no, definitely not want to date anyone before like the three month period i would probably advise most people to wait that long or at least two months like because then yeah you're you get to know more about that person yeah exactly and you want you want the data you know you want like you want as much data as you can possibly get to work out if this is going to be something that is going to be rewarding for your future absolutely and then okay going into this like let's let's talk a little bit about breakups so <laughs> why why is closure bullshit <laughs> another unconventional unconventional opinion that i have so i think closure is essentially something that we think that we need to end a relationship but it's more of a romantic notion you know, closure is something that we kind of learn from the media, from songs and from movies and from art that kind of very succinctly and beautifully tie up a relationship in a sort of poetic way. <laughs> so it's, it's essentially just like the cherry on top of the ending of the relationship. And I think what we do is we, we confuse clarity with closure. What we do need at the end of a relationship or a situationship or dating is clarity because you want to know what's happened and where the other person stands and how you and how you feel and that's really all you need um and clarity yes it might be a joint effort because you might need to ask the other person some questions but closure is something that only you can give to yourself and you decide when something's closed and it might be writing them a letter and never sending it and that's your closure or it might be sending back their clothing or whatever it is but you don't need another person to give you closure you give closure to yourself oh i i absolutely agree with that like and i think honestly i think half the time people looking for closure it's the opposite because all the feelings resurface like if you were to like reconnect with them or like see them one more time and to like get quote unquote closure and it mm -hmm. does like come from yourself and i like how you summed it up as like what's important is clarity. And I've given this advice in the past where it's like, if it's like unclear, or like a guy's like maybe ghosted or this or that or whatever, you can like send a text. Like you can say like, hey, like I had a great time with you. Like this was fine, but like yeah. it's done now. Obviously like there was not enough of a connection here. Like whatever you have to say that context specific and just draw that firm line for yourself if you want to. So you're not sitting there exactly. waiting for their text. Like don't, don't send it to elicit a response. But or like, yeah. whether it's like a breakup, a situationship, uh, like they ghosted you, this, that, whatever, getting that closure for yourself, however you do it, whether you communicate it to them, like, 
you independently having that clarity and firmly ending it I think is is so important because that's like when you can actually move on yeah and that's closure for yourself and it doesn't you know it doesn't depend on what the other person is giving back to you it's just saying thank you had a great time all the best bye and that's your closure but it's not you writing it's not you waiting for them to write back to you to, to give you quote unquote closure absolutely and then okay the reverse of this clarity and closure having sex <laughs> with your exes okay like what what do you what do you have to say on this <laughs> I mean, it's all—it's almost a rite of passage, isn't it? We all do it. It's different. It's better. We all, breakup sex is better than relationship sex. Yeah, a lot of the time, and we all do do it. But it depends where you are on with the morning of the relationship. Like, if you're okay and you want to have sex with your ex, then cool, go for it. But if you're not okay, and if you are waiting for them to come back or for your closure then you're not going to get it through having sex with them because it's essentially like detoxing from alcohol or detoxing from drugs. And as soon as you dip back in, you're back to day one. So the sex with the ex is exactly the same. You dip back in and you're thrust back into this chaos of what it was like day one that you broke up. Yeah, you can't, you really can't like fully heal, like still you need like I guess like people can like be in contact with their exes eventually or be friends or whatever but you need like to kind of mm-hmm. have that period in between where you're like person's fully out of your life you fully process it and I guess like I understand this just from doing like the absolute reverse of it um, yep. and I, what not really waiting for them to come back but like indulging in it because it was familiar and comfortable yeah exactly and- it just takes you back to the beginning though, unfortunately. Yeah. It's a, okay, that's a tough one. Like we we already know this. We just we just don't want to accept <laughs> it. Um, what would you say like when like so someone goes through a breakup and then they the other person moves on before they do? Like do you have any like oh, advice I, on this? Oh, it's very hard. Um Yeah, it is really hard. I mean, one of my like one of my significant exes and I thought we would get married. Um had a baby and is now engaged and you know like I I don't want to be with him I you know ending the relationship was instigated by me and it was the right thing for me to do but it still is it still evokes feelings you know and I think the best thing to do is to allow yourself to process those feelings and, you know, maybe journal or talk to your friends about it and talk to people that are not going to just be like, fuck it, you broke up with him, fuck him. You know what I mean? Like you need to acknowledge the feelings that you have for him, but also acknowledge the feelings of, well, I got out of the relationship because it wasn't right or whatever it was. So trying to apply some sort of rationality, again, even to um, a really completely emotional um slanted scenario yeah and i always kind of like to add just like don't compare yourself and like what like obviously like people are have like different stages in life and like what you Mm. like maybe like what they wanted to like their forever whatever the fuck you want to call it is just like not you and it's not necessarily better or worse it's just different Exactly. I understand that. Yeah, that's not anything to do with you. It's just, 
you know, they wanted something different and you wanted something different and it didn't match and therefore he's gone to do your thing and you're going to do your thing. It might be you're not, you're not with somebody at the moment but it doesn't mean you're not working on yourself in a different way. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, okay, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast, sharing all of your course. dating wisdom. Everyone <laughs> needed to hear this. And hopefully, okay, everyone go follow the boy detox on Instagram. You have to, you have no excuse. You've made it this far in the episode. And yeah, hopefully we'll have you back for another one. We can't wait. <laughs>